Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, Nikki C, and welcome to another episode of Life Gone in the Way, a podcast that is dedicated to learning, growing, and achieving our lifelong goals. Today's special guest is Shelly Phillips. Shelly Phillips is a sweet tea sipping, sassy southerner with a passion for helping dynamic, driven, career minded professionals write their own success stories. She's a coach, a corporate trainer, and a motivational speaker, as well as an author of two award winning books. When in doubt, delete it, and get noticed, get hired. Shelly's Successfully Ever After formula is designed to help you go from invisible to irresistible in the workplace. Whether you're looking to land your ideal career, perfectly matched to your skill set, or attract the most talented employees, an irresistible brand is what you need. For 20 years, she has used her first-rate public relations and communication skills to help countless people create an authentic personal brand designed to get them noticed and hired. From getting paid what you're worth to creating a cultural design for success, Shelly is on a mission to help others unlock the power of personal branding. You all ready to learn more about Shelly? All right, let's go. Welcome to the show. It is great to have you here. I am so excited to be here with you tonight and be able to talk to all your listeners. So thank you for joining us. We're so excited to have you. And um, today you are going to kind of, um, you know, this uh, podcast is called Life Got In The Way. And you just kind of tell us a little bit about your story, your journey, kind of where you started um, and uh, what took you on the path that you went down? Yeah. So, you know, right now I am an author. I've got two books that are out and I'm also a speaker and, and trainer where I do a lot of work with women, especially in the workplace that are wanting to increase their visibility and set themselves up for promotion. And then I do a lot of stuff in the workplace on creating an environment that employees want to be. Um, and that all came about because well, life got in the way, like just like your podcast title, um, life gave me a bad boss. And that was the thing that just kind of gave me the kick in the pants to really look at things and see if that's where I wanted to spend the rest of my time. I had been working there for about 20 years. And so, you know, through the course of a, a couple of things that came about, I, um, I, I made the decision to accept a position someplace else, and it just opened up a wealth of opportunities. And, and that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight is sometimes even the bad in life is put there so that you have the push that you need to be able to try something else and see what other doors of opportunity are going to open up for you. 
Starting with the bad boss, man, uh, that can, um, uh, a lot of people don't, you don't realize how much a, uh, a bad boss or a toxic work environment can really kind of, um, shape your, your feelings of not only about you and your ability to do your job, but it can just cause a, a wealth of emotions. And, you know, I was, um, I had a recent conversation with someone and they were talking about how, you know, when you're in that situation where you, you start to doubt yourself because you're in this like toxic environment with like a boss and things of that nature. So um, I'm glad that you were able to get out of that situation. Um, after uh, you said you were working, were you working in the field for 20 years or were you working in that particular job for 20 years? I, I had been working in that job for 20 years. Oh, so wow. what happened is we had a management change and a new CEO came in. And it, it is so true what you just said about how quickly, you know, I, I had been there 20 years and uh, I was well known in my industry. I had a lot of awards from different things and like that. But a new boss came in that didn't value what I brought to the table, but wasn't included in conversations, wasn't included in trying to do strategic planning, and was just kind of basically shoved off to the side after having that open role with the last CEO that was there. And, you know, one of the things that was really the final straw, I tell everybody that, you know, you have 20 years of all this great things that have been happening. And then within six months with somebody that's a bad boss, all these little thoughts start going through your mind is like, well, maybe I am not good enough. Or maybe I'm, 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 it's not, I don't know as much about this as I thought I knew, or maybe my skills aren't where they ought to be. But I had one night where we did a member publication, like put a magazine together. And my boss actually sent me an email and asked me if my skills came from a box of Fruit Loops. Because no one would ever oh. read a magazine that was done the way ours was. And now we had an award-winning magazine and all this other kind of stuff. And so oh. it was in that moment where I, I had that total meltdown where I was so mad. Like I cried all the way home that night. And when I walked in, of course, my husband's like, well, who do I need to kill? Like, okay, who has done this to you? You know, like, <laughs> and so all I can right? do is show him this email and like, just read this. Like, look, what a jerk, you know, this kind of thing. And, um, you know, it was just that, but that was really the kick in the pants that I needed to, to really have to, to really realize that, you know, okay, I'll give you that. Maybe it is like a box of Fruit Loops, but I'm like the prize inside that we used to fight over when we were kids. You know, when you'd get that box of cereal and you'd dig down and see what the prize mm -hmm. inside it was. Well, that's, right. that, that's me. And it's my fault if I give up that role and allow you to control my worth and my value. You don't get to do that. That's set by me. I know what I'm worth and I know how I should be valued. And that was really the moment that I needed to be able to turn things around and go, hey, you don't get to decide this. And now it's time for me to start looking for a place where I'll be better appreciated. I hate that it couldn't be there, but it was one of the best things that I ever did because it opened up so many more opportunities. You don't realize how you take that mm -hmm. home from work with you. When you're stressed out at work all day, you bring it back home. You know, you take it out on your family. You take it out on your friends. You have lunch with somebody and all you do is complain about, oh, you won't believe what this jerk at work did today, da, 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 da. And, you know, people get to where like, okay, let's not have a conversation with her today because it's just going to be negative, negative, yeah. negative. And so it's funny how your work life creeps into your personal life. 
And so mm-hmm. that was the, the actual change that I needed to be able to make a direction, basically a 360 turnaround. And now I'm able to share those same strategies that I use to be able to change jobs after 20 years, after the age of 40, and find something that was even better and even more, you know, even more up my alley than, than what was before. I love that. I love that. Yes. Just to get past that, like, I can't even get past the boxer. Oh, really? Like, sometimes people have a lot of, I I always wonder if it's their own insecurities in the positions that they are, they're not, you know, secure in who they are and what they're capable. And then some people are just cruel and and mean um, spirited. So I'm glad that you were able to come out of that uh, toxic uh, environment, work environment with, um, you know, yourself still intact. What was the hardest part for you about, because I know you you got to a point where, like you said, that was to kick in the pants for you. What was the hardest part about just walking away and and, and just um, just turning your back on 20 years of, 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 of your life in a way? So, I, you know, I would say for that, the first thing was like, you know, the initial thought was, am I going to let him run me off? Am I going to be a quitter? You know, like is because, you know, you're always raised, you don't quit what you start, you know, and 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 the fact that I was even contemplating allowing him to dictate my next move was kind of a hard thing for me to get past in in that you know I didn't want him I didn't want the reason I left to be just because of him it had to be that I was mm-hmm. leaving for a better opportunity or whatever I didn't want to just walk away from from all that I had invested in that career and building it to what it was you know and the other hard part of that is is you leave behind 20 years worth of friends and coworkers you know yes. they become your family your extended family in in so you know, luckily we're in an age now where, you know, we have all the social media, you have FaceTime, you got Zoom, you got all this other kind of stuff. So you still feel connected in a way that you might not have felt 10, 15 years ago, but it's still quite not the same as like being able to call one of your girlfriends up and say, let's have lunch today or something like that. You know, my job change ended up taking me across states, you know, and I'm like about three hours from where I was. So it's not like you can just run over for a nice little lunch and turn around and come back and, and still be able to do anything. But I was super lucky right. to have that support system that encouraged me along the way and like, hey, you got this, you know, we're still going to, we're still going to make our relationships work. We're still going to be, you know, each other's BFFs and keep each other accountable and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think that was really the hardest part was it wasn't just walking away from the job. It was walking away from the people that were there too, because they're so ingrained in your life and, and what you do and, and, you know, and they really are the important pieces, you know, the relationships are what matters. So I would say that was probably the the hardest when I made the decision that I can't stay here any longer. It's not worth it and made that decision. That's a, well, I mean, that was a great decision for you. And it's so cool that, you know, you're, like you said, we're just a uh, FaceTime away or Snapchat away or just to be able to stay connected to your peers. And you spend we they become like family, some of your coworkers, especially when you you spend more time with them sometimes than we do in our own homes. So um, I'm so glad that you were able to still maintain those relationships and those connections. I know that transitioning in this day and age, like you said, you were over 40 that had to have been a very scary time for you. What was your process behind taking that next step? Like what what was one of the first things that you decided after you made the decision to walk away for yourself, not for him, 
but you know making for your better opportunity what was one of the um, first things that you had to really figure out for yourself yeah so what I realized is that job searching was nothing like it was 20 years prior. You know, like you didn't pick up a newspaper and look for classified ads to see what was there anymore. Everything's online or it's either who you know or it's a, you know, a job site like a monster, a glass door, Indeed, something like that. So basically the, the way I went about a career change or a job search had to be totally different than what I'd ever done before. And, and I look back now and I go, I'm very lucky to have been in, in public relations and marketing for so many years because it, it mm-hmm. was an easy switch to me to, to make the jump from a, a campaign for a product to I've got to build a campaign for me you know, work on my brand and, and then work my network that I had established for these years and, and kind of reach out and go, Hey, I'm thinking about this. Does anybody know any opportunities and not be afraid that somebody's going to think, Oh, you failed because you're leaving there or, Oh, why would you leave something after you've been there for 20 years? And so really just wrapping my head around the fact that there is a whole new process and a new way that you go about a job search. And in this day and time, it really is I think I think the, the statistics right now show that it's over 70% of jobs come from connections. They're not filled by online postings or something like that. They usually come through a referral process. And so this just being, so you know, brave enough to reach out and say, hey, I'm interested. Tell me if, if there's anything out there. And then not being afraid to put myself out there online, creating that image for myself. You know, I grew up in a time where my mom was like, okay, you don't brag about yourself. You don't talk about your awards. You don't talk about these kind of things. That's just, it's just not cool to do that kind of thing. So being able to get comfortable with sharing who I am and what I did and what my value really is, you know, that was another step that some people just aren't that comfortable doing. You just have to be willing to put it out there and, and look at it. I had to learn to look at it as it's an accomplishment. I'm not bragging about an award or something, but this is something, you know, that I have accomplished, a goal that I have achieved. And there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I've, I've made this mark. I've done this thing. And, and using that to your benefit um, when you are looking for a, a job or looking to change careers. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, I, I like that idea of, you know, you really sending off and, and talking about your personal accolades because, I think that was the hardest part about, uh, I don't know about you, but LinkedIn was hard because <laughs> I, I'm such a, uh, you know, private person. And so I was like, wait, I have to list, put my face out there. Then you want me to list my job. Then you list all the descriptions where I live. And it is like, wow, oh, that's so much. And it's so different, but it's so necessary in a way because they, that's your like, um, what do they call it? Like your digital blueprint. Right. LinkedIn is really like your digital resume now. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the things I work with clients now is building out an attention getting LinkedIn profile. And, you know, one of the things I tell everybody is it can't read like a job description. You want to make your LinkedIn mm-hmm. profile show your accomplishments, show what value you bring to the table in a way that somebody could imagine you working there beside them. I want them here with me because I've seen they've done this, this, and this. And if they can do that there, then they can do the same thing here for me or even do more. And so, you know, learning how to rewrite it 
in a way that sells yourself and it showcases you and your abilities in the best way versus being very task oriented, like normal job descriptions are, um, is something that's Mm -hmm. new to a lot of people. And even writing your summary statements and things like that, writing in first person, talking about yourself is very hard for a lot of people. It was hard for me. And and I have a writing background because it always just feels weird to say, I've done this or I'm doing this or I, you know, I enjoy or I like. And so it's a different a different type of writing and promoting that LinkedIn really wants you to do to be able to garner the attention on that platform if you're using it for a job search or career change. Yeah, definitely. It's just, I, I still haven't gotten used to it. I am, um, a part of me wants to just, once I get the job, just wipe it all clean, but I know I can't really go. But I would say I'd rather them look for me there than try to find me on, you know, other social media platforms. Although I will say, all of my social media platforms, I kind of always use them somewhat so as like a business. So even my social media isn't very social. It's like, oh, you know, this is my writer's, you know, Instagram and this is me as a podcaster. So it's just a little bit uh, just focused on those worlds. I'm glad that you, uh, you know, at this, at where you're at, you were able to recognize the importance of like, like, you know, we talked about that digital footprint. What do you think is one of the common myths about starting over or, you know, changing careers at such a late, later stage in life? So, you know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with mindset, is that, you know, like you have to set yourself up to be open to new opportunities. When you make that change, it's even if it's the same title, you're going to a different organization, you're going to be with different people. And so you have to open your mind to it's not going to be like it was where you were before. Even if the job Mm title is the same, there may be different functions of it because of the way people do things. Or maybe you're, you know, like maybe you have it. Well, especially if you're in management or any kind of supervisory role, your team's going to be totally different at the new place. So it's learning new personalities and and learning how to to manage that team in a way that's most, you know, most productive. And, and profitable for the organization. But, but you know, the, the other the other piece of that is, and, and I think it doesn't, it's not necessarily just true on changing careers later in life. I think it's any kind of making a change is, you know, we kind of fall back on, well, that's the way we did it at XYZ, or that's the way I've always done it. And, you mm-hmm. know, I think if people can embrace that when you make these changes, that now's the time to try some new things, try a different approach, try some things like that. I think you'd be surprised at how much more fun you have on the job and how much more receptive your teams are to working with you when they feel like they have a say-so and when they feel like you're getting to know them as a person and that you're not bringing in a lot of baggage from where you were before. Yes, nobody wants to deal with your baggage. I thought back to when you were talking about how, you know, you're sitting around with your friends and you're complaining about these toxic bosses and then you got to get to the point where, like, you know what, I don't even think I want to bring Shelly to lunch anymore because she's always talking about this boss. <laughs> I'm not able to just, we're not even just able to just eat our food without all our complaining. But uh, yeah, so you just don't want to have all that toxic stuff. But it's it's a, it's a cool thing. But, you know, like you said, it's 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 not just you as a as an elder person transitioning. It's just transitioning in general. But Um, You have definitely uh, made that transition. And tell us a little bit about 
we know what you did before, but what is that transition now? Like, what what do you have going now that it's like your pride and joy or what what brings you that fulfillment in life? So I kind of walk two, two lines right now. I still work a corporate job where I'm vice president of communications and public relations for a utility. And I love that piece of what I do because of, you know, mm-hmm. it keeps me involved with technology. It keeps me involved with the team. It keeps me, in, you know, posting on social media, interacting with people and, and engagement. But the side that I'm, I, that I've been able to do since I made this move is also create my own business. It's called successfully ever after and it's coaching and training and so being able to share this this idea and this belief that you know I tell people all the time is is that no one will pay you what you're worth only what they think you worth and the cool thing mm. is that we get to determine how people think about us and so we can do that with our personal branding we can do that with our linkedin we can do that by even like things that you're doing right here with the podcasting you know you're creating worth for yourself by sharing all of these stories for other people and and building up them and 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 the people that are listening be able to take and add these pieces to their life and get the encouragement that they need and so we all create worth and value and it's up to us to be able to learn how to showcase that in a way that if it's a career that we're talking about, that it was reflected in the paycheck and in the job that we're doing. If it's personally, it's going to be reflected in our relationships, how strong they are and, you know, in our circle that we have around us. And so that's been that's been probably my pride and joy right now is getting to that place in life where what I've learned and being able to share it and see it have positive results in other people's lives now. I tell people all the time, it's not like, oh, look at me. I was able to help you do this. It's more from a sense of being able to celebrate and celebrate them and, and knowing that you have been able to help put them on a path that's going to make them even stronger and even be able to share what they've learned with someone else so that it's a continuation that it's a perpetuation of this this learning that goes out so someone else doesn't have to make the same mistakes or go through the same thing that maybe we did before and so that that's probably you know the best part of being able to do this that I've done and then also seeing it in the workplace you know being able to work with companies on creating a culture where people want to be there you know, we like you said mm-hmm. earlier, we spend most of our lives at work. If you think about the number of hours that you're there, plus the number of hours that you deal with your email on your phone, work, you know, maybe oh, work activities, trips, all this other kind of stuff. We probably spend more more of our waking hours. Yeah, we spend more of our waking hours dealing with our careers than we do with our families, probably. And if that's mm-hmm. the case, you know, we need to treat it as a substantial part of life like it is. And if we can do it and do it in an environment that we love to be in, that we're fulfilled, that we're being challenged, that we're being invested in, that we're continuing to grow our skills. Showing up isn't going to be a drudgery. Like you're not going to wake up on Monday morning with the alarm going off and going, oh my God, I have to go back there again. It's going to be something that you enjoy. Now I'm not foolish enough to believe that every day is a perfect day at work. We all have bad days. As long as the Mm -hmm. good days really outweigh the bad, that's all we can really ask. And when you see yourself and a company allows their employees to see themselves as part of their future and that your values aligned, whether it's, you know, a company mission and some of the values that you have personally, it's a win win definitely definitely you just want to be where some where everything is aligned and and it feels good because you're you're giving back to the company you're you're aligned with the mission and you know you're aligned with your core values so I, I, I always love when you're able to kind of be in a position where you can 
give that aspect of yourself. And I like that you're doing the two that, like you said, the two paths that you're on, because I'm kind of on two paths. I have my daytime career where I'm, you know, I get to work with students, um, college, you know, age and, and beyond and teach and do all of those things. And then, but I was always a creative, right? I, I, I love writing and doing all that stuff. So that was always important to me. That's one of the reasons why I started the podcast, because there was um, a lot of creative things that I wanted to do. And I felt like, you know, sometimes life got in the way or I put things on the back burner. So that was one of the reasons why I felt like, hey, if I'm doing this, maybe other people are doing it too. And so for those who are the listeners out there, maybe there are people who have went through something um, like you went through and it was maybe traumatic for them going through that type of toxic boss situation and then having to come out of it and then trying to find how do I get back into the workspace. So these are very invaluable uh, little nuggets of knowledge that you're dropping us, especially when you talked about the, you know, the, the LinkedIn and and just, you know, doing things that you know your worth and, and maintaining that and just being in positions that you feel good in. So um, now that you are doing the coaching and, and those types of things, in addition to what you do during the day, your other position, what are some ways that you, you've inspired people? Or do you remember that first time when someone that you were working with said they were inspired by the work that you're doing now? Oh, so it was actually before I actually started my business. So I, I love that you, you work with college students because I spent 14 years as an advisor for a sorority on a campus and I dealt with their, their officers and stuff. And so I had about 200 women every semester for 14 years that came through. And, you know, the one thing I saw on campus was that they may teach them the curriculum and they may walk across the stage and get their diploma, but no one teaches them how to find a job in their career path. I mean, a lot of campuses have career mm. centers, but it's just, you know, it's kind of basic. Here's a basic resume. And, you know, there's people asking you to do video resumes now and, and presentation resumes and yeah. all kinds of things. And, I, and most and college TikTok campuses resumes. don't have the staff there to show them exactly and so i where where this became kind of a a passion for me is i had a one of the sorority women that i was working with her father committed suicide and it was her senior oh, no. year and she was a couple of months from graduation and we knew that because of the family situation, uh, he had not left insurance or different things like that. And so literally when she graduated, she was going to be on her own, having to support herself, having to make, you know, ends meet, probably help her mom out. And her brother was a year behind her and would be starting college. And so she was so fixated on, are we going to be able to survive? Are we going to be able to take care of ourselves? Are, am I going to be able to help my family? That she was actually the first person that I helped do the whole, let's rewrite your resume. Let's get your LinkedIn going. Let's do interview coaching. Let's do these kind of things and get you set up. And and she did. She found the job and, and she's been super successful ever since. So in that moment, it wasn't necessarily about, let me help her do all these things for her career. It was, I want to help her succeed in life because she's faced so much and she hasn't quit. She hasn't given up and she just needs a little help to keep it going and keep it all together. And seeing that and then now seeing that that's been almost 
12 years ago now, seeing how she has taken that and how she has thrived and, and how she's been able to grow in a career and continue to move up. And, and now she's giving back in her own way to, to different groups and different things like that. That to me is what this is all about. That, that is the moment that when I realized that even something as small as getting a resume right or helping somebody with interview can have such an impact on their life going forward that it's something I take for granted being it's, it's easy for me to do. It's easy for me to, words are easy for me and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so being able to share that talent with someone and see the impact that it can have, not just initially, but five, 10 years down the road has was really what got me started and 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 when I had the opportunity to turn it into a business to really give me that that push to be like this is something valuable and it is something that can have a huge impact on someone going forward I love that yes that is so true um it's like in a way you are kind of like a mentor for the especially when even with the first young um young woman that you you kind of took under your wing and, and helped to navigate everything. And it's so true, like that you said that, you know, we can prepare them for the academics. But sometimes the students underutilize the career center or the career center sometimes doesn't do as much outreach as could be, you know, beneficial for these these young people coming out of college. So I think like mentoring and things of, of that nature is so important as you were transitioning, I know sometimes we just kind of, it's always good to bounce ideas off of someone or get help or uh, someone to kind of talk or coach us through along the way. Uh, what, what role, if any, has mentorship played in your own personal growth? Oh, gosh, I could go back to sixth grade, probably. I My sixth grade teacher um, was Miss Barbara Gatto, and she was the one that really encouraged me to write and develop that creative writing side in me to be, you know, like just gave me the love for putting word to paper and telling a story. So I probably would have to credit her for the fact that I have two books out now, you know, like, and it goes all the way back to sixth grade. She used to come in and, and she was this larger than life personality. She was from New York and we were from South Alabama. And so like, it was like, she was already this something like we've never seen before, you know, because it was, she had, you know, the accent was different and she wore big jewelry and all kinds. I just remember, you know, her being larger than life to all of us when we were in sixth grade. And she used to do these story days where she would come in and she'd have all these pictures and you would pick a random picture. And that day during class, you had to write a story about whatever your picture was. And so she's probably the one that got me started down the path to being a writer, you know, blogging and doing all that kind of stuff, which would kind of led to some of the other things later in my career. And then I look, you know, like in, in my professional life, there's so many people like that came before me that I've been able to spend time with and, and, and just pick their brain on, you know, how, how do you better do this? How, you know, how do I have talks with management? How do I get a seat at that table? And the fact that they are willing to share and not keep it to themselves is just so very, I'm just so thankful for that opportunity to be able to do that kind of thing. And then I'd be totally remiss to I, I am super blessed to have a what I, I call my, my circle of, of, of women friends that I've got millennials all the way up to someone that's in their 80s. And you know, I think the coolest thing would be if I could get all five of them on a 
on a front porch at one time and let's just all talk about everything together because you mm-hmm. know like you know my millennial friend she's grown up with the world in the palm of her hands everything's digital all this other kind of stuff and then to hear what some other people have lived through and gone through and the, what how it how their thought processes are on decision making because of what they've seen in the world and that kind of thing and I think that's probably you know that's that's something that some people miss out on a lot of time is you know having that diversity in age in their in their mentors or in their guides in life and that kind of thing because we do glean so much from from what people have been through and how they view the world and you know just getting those different that different feedback so that you can make the best informed decision and that kind of thing. So I've been super blessed, you know, there, and and even growing up spiritually, you know, having some great Sunday school teachers and then some, some great youth group leaders that kept me grounded in faith. And I, I tell people, I said, you may not go to church every Sunday, but that upbringing and that that fact that you know you can fall back on it and because you were raised that way and and you had those people in your life that voice is still in your head that when something is going awry it's amazing to me how you know a scripture or something will pop in your mind or something that you know your your youth leader told you for me now it'd be 35 plus years ago how just some of those things come back when you need them most and so I, you know, I would encourage anyone to take the opportunity to, you know, I think we learn from everybody that we encounter and there's some people that are That's put in our so life true. for short times. And there's some people that are meant to be there for, you know, for years and decades to come. But, you know, if we're smart about it, we can learn from each of them. And so I would encourage anyone to take that time to, you know, to, to really grow some of these relationships and, and glean what you can from them and then share what you can share because it needs to be a two-way street. We each teach each other different things because we all come at it from our life perspectives and, and just use that to the best of your ability. Yes, definitely. We, we, we all need each other. And I love that you have people in your circle from different age groups. That is me. I like, I, I can have the the most interesting conversation with 15-year-old and then turn around and just have a completely great conversation with like an 80-year-old person. And it's just, I just love connecting with people because I feel, like you said, you can learn a lot from their stories and we can kind of learn from each other. So that's a, that's a great way to kind of keep that mentorship alive. And I love that one of your earliest mentors was your sixth grade teacher. Cause mine was like my eighth grade teacher. I thought she was amazing. <laughs> and, you know, she cultivated my desire to write because she would have, you know, writing things in our class. And I would just, I would just go to town with writing and just, it was something that I really, really enjoyed doing and creating stories. And, you know, it was a, it was an avenue to uh, open that. Uh, it was funny because it was like a life moment came full circle because I did, I had wrote a book and she had, um, she had, I think she was teaching like younger students, like fourth grade or something. And so she uh, sent me this picture of uh, her talking to this uh, group of uh, fourth graders and she had on their on the you know the projector she had posted my book and she was like this you know this was one of my students and she now wrote a book and you know I was like oh she was like she was like you inspired some fourth graders today and I was like yes <laughs> and I was like no you inspired some fourth graders because awesome. she inspired me and so I read 
it just yeah you just it resonates you're just like wow you know you just you love those uh full circle moments and and you just uh how much just people just connecting with one another it really can have a positive um um, positive uh, moment on your personal growth so i get it so yes have have your sister circle your your family, that circle of just multiple people, multiple ages, from Generation Z to the baby boomers, to, you know, whatever, you know, and everything in between, Gen X. Uh, I think that's amazing. So, all right. You have any other uh, nuggets uh, of uh, interesting uh, information that you want to kind of share with us before we kind of get to uh, our second segment of uh, the show? That you wanted to tell, tell listeners before we get to that part. I would just say, you know, the, the the last thing I would say on it is that, you know, that that I hope everyone just lives into their value and their worth and knows that they set that and that they determine it. And you know, as long as you believe it, that's what's important. And like, you've got to have that belief and that guts to put it out there and and not worry if there's. I think we wait on perfection. A lot of us wait on perfection that the moment has to be just right or the the words have to be just right or, or you know, my hair has to be just right. The outfit has to be just right. The house has to be right. The kids have to be right. And to me, I think it... I think if I could encourage anybody is if if they have the inclination that there's more out there that they want to do is to to take that chance, not wait for the perfect moment, not wait for the the perfect thing to come by to to keep holding them back because, you know, we'll be waiting a long time if we're waiting on perfect. And so take these opportunities to to go after the things that matter to you. And to to really just believe in yourself and know that you have what it takes to do these things. I agree. Definitely agreed. All of that. <laughs> um, so this is uh this is a part of the podcast where we talk about the random round and I just ask kind of like a series of uh like maybe like two or three questions. And just so readers can kind of get your response, everybody kind of responds differently, but it gives uh, readers a little bit about you. You ready? I am ready. Okay. If you could sum up your mood or your life in a song right now, what would it be and why? Oh my goodness. Let's see. I am an, I, I am an eighties child, so I love my eighties music. Um, mm-hmm. So... I, I would say, this is probably going to be a random, I would say Celebrate um, by Cool and the Gang um, because, you know, that's what I've been doing lately is celebrating where <laughs> I came from and where I'm going. And going. it's such a happy song, you know, that, that it so is. I'm going with that as my song that would sum up my mood right now. I love that. That is one of my favorites. Uh, I definitely loved growing up in the 80s. It was hot best time ever and it was so weird seeing it make a comeback <laughs> in children's clothing now it's like wait what were you even born you even thought of until 2001 <laughs> you were working around with an acdc shirt on <laughs> but um <laughs> what are what are the small things that make your day better a good piece of chocolate <laughs> that's always good and right um <laughs> okay. and and I would say 
you know, finding moments of gratitude um, to be a little bit more serious about it is, mm. is I, you know, I'm working on this thing where no matter what happens today, I find one thing that I can be grateful for. It could be a small thing. It can be a big thing. It could be somebody, but just making a point of like journaling it, writing it down and, and giving it, giving it its honor that here's something great that happened today. And I am super thankful that it came my way. Oh, yes. Yes. I love that. Let's see. What is something that makes you smile? Something that makes me smile. Uh, I have two mutts and I love, um, <laughs> they have these super, this is kind of crazy to try to explain on podcast. They have super crazy curly tails. And so it, it, they're like the first thing that greets you when you come in the door and their tails just kind of go nuts. And it's kind of like this little pinwheel looking kind of thing. Um, so that's something that makes me smile every day <laughs> when they greet me when I come home from work. Oh, nice. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, I just want to thank you so much, Shelly, for coming on the show today and giving us some of your pearls of wisdom and telling us all about your, you know, your journey. And if um, if uh, our listeners want to learn a little bit more about you, where can they go? They can always go to my website, which is ChellyPhillips.com. Or if you want to hang out with me, I'm usually on LinkedIn or Instagram. All right. And I think you mentioned that you had a, a really cool special uh, um, something, something for the listeners. What is that exactly? Absolutely. So I, something that I've been sharing with some of my clients, I thought I would make available to your listeners. If you go to ChellyPhillips.com backslash planner, P-L-A-N-N-E-R, I, you know, I'm, I'm super pumped about helping people get ahead in their career, being able to position themselves for promotion, helping them get seen and heard in the workplace. And so I call it a visibility guide. And so it'll help you walk through some conversations and set yourself up, you know, to have a conversation with your supervisor or your boss, identify any kind of roadblocks that you might be facing both internally, because, you know, some of it is us being brave enough to speak up and to to put ourselves out there and actually ask for that raise or do some of those kind of things. So it kind of identify either internal or external roadblocks and then kind of walk you through the process to get you ready to, to start showing up in a big way. I love that. Thank you. I will make sure everyone that I put the, the links in the description so you can have that uh, really cool planner and I think it will really add a lot of value to your life just as Shelly has added a lot of value to all of our lives for coming on the show. And I just want to thank you again. And in final closing, I just want to thank everyone for joining us today. Tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. for a new episode. And remember to hit the subscribe button so that you won't miss any episodes. And until we meet again, I'm your host, Nikki C. And remember, it's time to get back to learning again. If not now, then when?